Good evening. This is Radio Free Bichelle. I'm Alphonse. Tonight, consequences. So there's a trope I've seen a lot, which is if someone does something that you think is wrong, you try to punish them with consequences. As in, there's free speech, but speech has consequences. And the consequences, as I say, are usually punishment, like trying to destroy someone's job or career. And I have two big concerns here. First, this doesn't work for adults. And second, probably more important, it doesn't work for kids either. And I'm worried that we have a lot of adults running around who might treat kids in a really bad way. You see, punishment really doesn't work for kids. Almost never does. I'm a father, I have a son, and I rapidly discovered that if I tried to punish him, he would just ignore me, or he would, he would fight against it, or he would go along for now, but then he'd do whatever it was that I didn't want again another time. It just didn't change his behavior. There is one circumstance under which punishment works, and that is if there's prior agreement, and this is what all the parenting books recommend. You sit down with your child and you say, these are the limits, and if you do this, then I'm going to send you to your room. And then if the child goes and does that thing, you catch him and you say, well, you did that thing, so off to your room. And you know what he does? He trundles right off to his room. That's my experience. You know, they say that kids crave boundaries, and I thought that was a self-serving thing that parents would say. But in fact, it's true. They do. They do want boundaries, and if there are boundaries, they want them to be enforced. So they actually appreciate it if you enforce fair, reasonable rules that they knew ahead of time about what's acceptable and what's not. But the key thing here is that there's an agreement ahead of time. The child agrees that that behavior is out of bounds. That's not the case with these adults handing out consequences. There is something else that can work. Something that can work when there isn't a prior agreement. Something that can work when the child actually doesn't agree that whatever he did was wrong. And I'm saying he because, again, I have a son. And that's disappointment. You know, I found this simply because my son would do something that I thought was bad and he thought was trivial, and I'd get quite upset about it, and he wouldn't respond. And I'd think, what can I do? You know, I can punish him, but what difference is it going to make? You know, I'd I'd found that whenever I, I focus on the punishment, or I punish him, then the focus becomes the punishment. And we end up arguing about the punishment and the substance of whatever he did is forgotten. So I just say, well, I'm really disappointed, but I, I don't know there's anything I can do to change your behavior. And he would come back, and he would apologize, and I would forgive him, and we'd put it under the bridge, and we'd move on. Now, that works, I believe, because of three things. Trust, respect, and love. I must emphasize the trust. I strongly believe one should never lie to a child. I mean, about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, if you like, but about something significant, no. There are lots of times, as a parent, when it would save a lot of pain to simply tell a lie to pass over something difficult. But imagine the cost. If you lose that trust, then all of a sudden, you have no 
leverage on the child when you need him to cooperate on something that really matters. But imagine this from the child's point of view. If you have someone whom you trust because they never lie to you, whom you respect because they respect you, and who loves you unconditionally, and you do something, and that person is disappointed in, and, and sad, how are you going to respond? Of course you're going to at least want to find out what happened. And then once you do, you may develop empathy and understand why that person is upset. And even if you don't completely agree, change your behavior. You know, I'm not saying this is like a tool I set out to use. It wasn't. It's just something that happens as a parent sometimes. Sometimes one really is just disappointed. And I noticed that it really made a difference when he knew that. But look at the other effect of punishment, and I think I've mentioned this elsewhere, with the example of spanking. The reason we don't spank is not because we're going to hurt the child, which we probably won't. It's because of what it teaches Say my son strikes another child, and I say, you hit that kid, and I'm going to spank you for it. Well, he probably won't hit the kid again while I'm watching. But what lesson does he learn? Does he learn that hitting is wrong? Absolutely not. Because I'm hitting him, he learns that hitting is right. He learns that it is a way to solve problems. You know, as a parent... This should be really clear to us. When you start out as a parent, it's all new. Nobody's taught you how to do this stuff. And you've got this big problem that's taking most of your time with a child who's behaving in all sorts of difficult ways. And you're stuck in some situation. Maybe your kid's throwing a tantrum. He's jumping up and down. You think he's going to break things. You think he might hurt himself. Maybe you think he might hurt you. What do you do? There's nobody around to ask for help. You don't have time to go to the internet or a book. So you look back on what your parents did when you were growing up. And that's what you do. And hopefully it works. You know, the key way that kids learn from us is not from what we tell them to do or not to do. It's not from the punishment. It's from being role models. They see what we do, and we learn from that. Are adults really that different? I doubt it. When we punish adults, or attempt to punish adults, all we end up with is a power struggle, just like we do with kids. Only in this case, the power struggle is even less one-sided. And we set an example for how we think problems should be solved. I think one of the great flaws in our society is that we've segregated people by age. We don't have a lot of contact with people who are a lot older or a lot younger than us, in general. And a lot of people who don't actually have kids themselves don't have a lot of experience spending time with children or dealing with their difficulties. And the result is, I think we lose lose touch. You know, we teach our kids, but it's amazing how much we learn from them. Not necessarily about them individually, although that that too, but we also learn a lot about ourselves. We learn about things that turn out to be pretty much built into people sometimes. We learn about the the sorts of things that people learn. The experience of being a parent is incredibly educational about what it is to be human, not just what it is to be a child, not just what it is to be a parent, 
but who we are as a species. And if we don't have that experience around us, I think we're losing something out. Now, I'm not suggesting that if you're not a parent, that there's something wrong with you or that everybody should have kids. Absolutely not. I don't agree with that. But I do think that the separation we have where we don't spend time with kids has consequences for us as a society. I mean, there are a lot of people who don't have kids because they can't afford them, because the the economy and the social structures don't support it, and I think that's a real shame. But I think it has other consequences in the sense that because we haven't learned to deal with children, it seems, to an extent, the result is we don't know how to deal with adults either. For Radio Free Bichelle, this is Alphonse, www.bezel.ca. Good night.